Your gracious God, uh, we pray for this time that your spirit would fill uh, Noel, would, would lead him to, to speak truth and light, to empower us uh, for the, the justice that you would have us to, to seek as we seek your kingdom. Uh, may your word come alive as um, we've been singing and saying to, to each one of us that, that we are changed by the work of your spirit through our time with you this day. Fill, lead, guide, know, and open our ears to hear you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, everybody. It is a pleasure to be here and a privilege. I'm just going to get kind of oriented here. I'm used to visualizing this, so I'm going to get accustomed to the corner spot right here and also gather myself because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting right there. Brian is here with a heavenly tongue. Drew is belting out. Uh, with talent that far surpasses mine, and uh, I'm just trying to sit here and take it all in, and then he tells me that you, you're actually singing to me, <laughs> which is completely untrue. We're here to worship the one true God, but, but uh, we are doing that in spirit and truth, and in doing so, honoring one another uh, in community, so that, that is true, but it's a privilege because uh, Drew and I uh, have uh, a special relationship and a growing friendship, uh, but a special relationship because of really this church. And the legacy of this church through the decades uh, and over time uh, has Drew here now and, and has me at a ministry called Pure Hope and some of my colleagues who many of you know, uh, a ministry that was burst out of this church as many have been over the decades. And so a great privilege to be here, to experience it, to worship with you and to celebrate really what God has done in our lives today, what he's going to do, but also looking at what amazing things he's done when his people come together and serve him and do it with vision and with purity. And uh, as, as Drew mentioned, I have the privilege of leading Pure Hope, which was founded 30 years ago this year uh, in this church, perhaps right in this very spot. I've heard about this story, but I don't know exactly where it took place. But the Reverend Jerry Kirk stood up and said he was going to battle pornography and form an organization called the National Coalition Against Pornography, which is now our ministry of Pure Hope. And so it's uh, an amazing privilege to do that, to stand with Drew, to stand on the shoulders of giants and of the support and the prayer that many of you have offered. And uh, to do that where, where Jerry stood. And Jerry, uh, probably many of you, uh, perhaps some of you don't know Jerry Kirk, uh, but Jerry and Patty I know is a good friend to many I've talked to already this morning. And uh, he has become a friend and a mentor and a leader in my life. And quick story about Jerry. We were on a flight together a couple of years ago now. And uh, we had just come out of some meetings very productive. Uh, Jerry always likes productive meetings. He's very jumpy. We sat down on the plane, and uh, I think we were sitting, his, his nose was about this far from mine, and uh, we were talking and recapping the day and talking about the kingdom, and, and at one point, he said, I'm excited, Noel. I'm excited. You know why? Because I'm a recruiter, and some of you are laughing because you've been recruited by Jerry Kirk to do something uh, over the years, and uh, I said, yes, you are. You are a shepherd, a pastor, but you are a recruiter. Uh, that's why I'm here. I said to him, though, you've recruited me. The funny thing is when I got recruited for college, they offered me scholarship money. You just offered me a 45% pay cut. But nonetheless, uh, here we are on a plane doing God's work. So it, uh, uh, it was good. But, you know, at that point, of course, Jerry, with his quirky laugh, just belted it out and everyone looked. I won't try to replicate his laugh. Actually, I will. Something along the lines of, ha-ha! 
Steve sounds better over the mic through this, you know, I just imagine. But that's Jerry. And uh, today, as I sit here with Drew, at Drew's invitation to, to present the gospel and to join this journey series and to minister with Drew is, is for me a great privilege because, again, of that shared history and because of the coffee we shared and talked about moments like this. And so our ministry of Pure Hope is thrilled to be here all day, really, uh, to minister and walk with you and journey through the scriptures. But the fun part, as we talk about legacy, I think for us at Pure Hope and um, our organization is that we get to advance that legacy that many of you have played a role in over decades. Uh, some of you will be introduced to it today for, for the first time. Uh, but we get to adapt and innovate because 30 years ago when our organization was founded, uh, in the 80s, uh, you could legislate pornography against it and fight it in those ways. And uh, you can't anymore. We live in a sexualized culture where digital porn and sexting and all kinds of imagery and explicit nature are sent right into our hands every day and right into the hands and homes, hearts of our children, uh, in our marriages, and as us as individuals. And so we need to do something different. We need to be equipped. We need to be transformed. We need to live this out on a daily basis. And that's what our ministry at Pure Hope is all about. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how we seek God in this area of our lives. Because we clearly see two kingdoms playing out and warring against one another. We see the kingdom of the evil one, destroying, robbing, killing, and stealing marriages, lives, hearts, minds every single day. And yet in this, we see the kingdom of God breaking through with redemption and renewal and hope and purification, even in the midst of this present darkness. And so that's what we do, and that's what we'll talk about. And that's how we'll weave this into the journey uh, today that you are all on over this uh, six-week period. Uh, do want to announce, and we'll talk about it later, but 6.30 is when my colleagues who are here today, Dan Martin, our director of parenting ministry, and Asia Walker will be talking to the youth and leading us through how do we pursue this period in sexualized culture. So hopefully, if you've not seen the announcements, which I saw, saw plastered all over the church, but we'll point it out again at the end, that come back, get equipped, more than anything, get encouraged, because it's when we come together in this, I think we find strength uh, to walk in the holiness and purity of Christ that we need to. So with that, a privilege, let's uh, get into the word. I'm going to read from the scriptures and then open us in prayer. If you want to turn right now to Matthew 13, I'm going to start with just three short verses there. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. And I'll read that and then invite the Lord again to come into our midst. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold everything that he had and bought it. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for these words spoken by you, your son, your servant, 2,000 years ago that now resonate and speak to us and are alive today. We thank you for your living word. I pray that it would dwell richly in each one of us today. Guide us into all truth. I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our ears. I pray that where we have sinned, I pray that where we have strayed, I pray that where we have been wounded, we would find healing that begins today in a new way. So we thank you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the interesting thing about this text that uh, as I prepared and was studying is the nature in which Jesus delivered it. He had been sitting by the Sea of Galilee, speaking to crowds, speaking to thousands probably, uh, and, and giving parables and teaching along these lines. But it says then that he went into a house, and he sat down now with his disciples. 
And they asked him questions, and he told them these parables about the kingdom. So right away, this puts this in context for me and makes it very, very intimate that these words, when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a treasure that a man or a woman found and went and sold everything and bought this field, he's looking at them perhaps over a table or, or shoulder to shoulder sitting on a chair. He's perhaps leaning in and looking at them. He's not talking to thousands now. He's talking right to them and saying, this is what this is like. If you can imagine looking in that face, the face of the eternal one, saying these things, it changed how I approached this text. He is inviting us through this. He is inviting us to look through new eyes, to look through kingdom goggles, as it were, to see him in a new way, and to come intimately to him. I think we can receive these words today in that intimate way that he's speaking right to us, right to our hearts, and he's asking us a question because he does not come in. God never does. And our Lord here didn't come in and say, guess what? I am your treasure. Just get on board. Please, does everybody see this? We're having a great meal, but do you see that I'm the eternal one? Do you see I'm God-made flesh? Do you see what I've emptied? Peter, let's just get it straight. Let's go. That's probably what I would do. Can I just tell you all who I am, what I've done? This is why you should get behind me. That's not what he does. He says, there was a man who found a pearl of great value. And what he's doing is instead of coming in and saying, with a strong hand, twisting arms, he's asking a question through the parable, am I your treasure? Peter, John, James, do you treasure me? Do you love me? Do you truly? He's asking that, and he's gently touching our hearts today with that. He's asking us, will you seek me? Will you pursue me? Because I'm here. I am here. And if you look, you will find I am your treasure. I am everything you've been longing for. And that's the question we have to ask ourselves today. And we'll dig into this. But going out from today, as we worship together, we have to ask, is he our treasure? Am I seeking him? Am I truly following his exhortation in Matthew 6, where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Even there, the humility of Jesus. Here he is standing, the word made flesh, and he says the kingdom of God and his, the Father's righteousness, even as he knows it is his righteousness through his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, his shed blood that we are redeemed by. An amazing thing. We need to seek. I want to focus on this word seek and just think about what it means to actually seek because I think in our age, we're not very good at seeking. We're not. And we're not groomed to seek in a real way. We do very little of it on a day-to-day basis. I mean, think about it, how we live. We, we can get any kind of food we want just by hopping in the car and driving a few minutes. We, we can buy any artifact, any piece of clothing, anything we want just by a few keystrokes and putting in a credit card number. We can get online, we can find any piece of entertainment, stumble across it indeed, online, just Google something, anything the world's ever created, right at our fingertips. I don't think that's a true seeking, and I don't think it grooms us to the seeking that the Lord says, that he is pointing out to us, saying you need to seek diligently everything, everything within you needs to be pointed to finding this that I have hidden and yet want to expose when you come to me, because we're just groomed to consume. Everything's fired at me every day. I mean, who day? But, you know, think about at halftime how many commercials are going to be just sent right our way saying, bye, 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 bye. This is, every, you know, 
Everything we do, it's just thrown at us, and we're groomed to consume because that's how our, our economy, frankly, is structured. That's how it keeps churning. Buy, 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 deeper and deeper debt. Debt is not seeking. It's not waiting. It's not persevering. It's not diligently going after knowing what we're finding, knowing what my heart is after. And interestingly, as I looked at this, the English word seek, pretty basic word, we don't think about it all that often, and I hadn't until I looked it up, but it comes from a Latin word, which means to perceive by scent. And that, that blew my mind and changed my, my paradigm a bit, because when I think of seeking, and Jesus says seek, I do think of kind of just doing this. Okay, Lord, I'm looking. You know? <laughs> Let me get up on a, on a higher vantage point here. Yeah, I see. Or maybe I am walking, but it's kind of just a meandering, you know, like this. But it comes from the Latin, to perceive by scent. Now, getting your nose in something is a completely different story. How many of you all have dogs? Okay, we don't. But every night my daughters are badgering me for the last two weeks to get a puppy. Right now we don't have a yard, so they now know that until we get a yard, uh, we're not going to get a dog. But now they're joining my wife in arguing that we need to buy the house immediately. So it's putting all this pressure on me, which is, you know, a bit too much at times. But we did dog sit a couple weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, I brought this dog outside, and it was like a, 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 it went berserk. You know, it's running around, and it's getting into bushes, and its nose is down in there. And I'm like, what, what did you find? There's nothing there. Come on. It's just a bush. And he's down in there, and I can't get him away. He's attacking this scent with his nose. I mean, I'm like, my friend, you can just stand back and kind of check out whether everything's in there. That's what I would do. Just kind of, okay, we're good there. We're clear there. No, I don't think that's resonating. I'm going to keep going this way. This dog was in there, and that's the picture I've gotten in this seeking. How diligently am I seeking? Am I sticking my nose? Am I getting my nose to the ground in my daily life? In the road I travel, the way I go to the office, who I interact with, who I run into at the store, what I'm seeing on television or online, the things that are coming against me, my thought life, am I getting my nose in there and saying, God, where are you in this? And tenaciously attacking that. That's not my normal approach. My normal approach is kind of a glazed over morning prayer, and then let me get through the day and stumble through. And maybe I'll stumble upon a pearl of great value. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, you need to diligently seek. You need to stick your nose into this because I am your life, and I want you to get down in there. I want you to get in there. And Paul kind of hits at this in Acts 17 when he says, God has created all the nations that they should seek him and perhaps feel their way toward him, groping and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. That's what he wants. He wants us to be diligently seeking. Flat tire on the way to work. God, what are you doing to me? Let me get my nose into that. What's he doing? Who am I going to find because of this little misadventure? What, what is going to happen because of this circumstance in my life? What, what insight is he going to give me? Am I sticking my nose like that dog into every little thing that comes across? This pain that I feel, God. This pain that I feel. How might you be desiring to step into that, to heal me, and to help my story go out to heal others, to touch other lives? Recently in our house, we were um, in search of a teddy bear, and this often happens at night, and I, uh, uh, I'm usually not very enthusiastic because it's already late, usually. We're 10 minutes past bedtime. I want to get the girls down. Our five-year-old and our three-year-old are usually very giddy, and then it happens. Daddy, I want my green teddy bear. We're all tucked in. Honey, where's your green teddy bear? I don't know. That sets off a search. 
through the entire house because usually everything's in a disarray. It's like a tornado has gone through. Thankfully, we're in a small place right now. So we know if it's not in the bedroom, it's usually going to be either in the family room or in the playroom right next to it. Now, that's you know, not saying much because toys are stacked this high and I have to get down in under blankets and everything. But the other night, we had this happen. All right, everybody, let's go find the teddy bear. We're not going to sleep peacefully until we find the green teddy bear. And so the four of us went and broke up, and we looked in the family room, and we looked, and we're digging under toys and blankets in the playroom, and I'm getting down there under the couch, and my wife's over here, and we're kind of just feeling around, and finally someone says, Daddy, I found it! And it was hidden under some other doll, and we come back in, and everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. We can all finally sleep peacefully because we found the teddy bear. And I think that's what we're after is finding the Lord. But there's three principles in this story of looking for the teddy bear that I think are key to seeking. First one is this. We need to know what we're looking for. We need to know what we are looking for. My daughter pops up half asleep and says, I need my teddy bear. Well, we know we're looking for the teddy bear, and it's the green one. You know, it's one of 20 in the house, but it's the green one that we've got to find. So let's go find this thing. And we knew what we were looking for, and we all went out and looked. Secondly, we knew where we were looking. It wasn't in the bedroom. It was somewhere over on the other side of the house. So we all go there, we break up, and we look together. Thirdly, doing it together as a team, we're walking to find this teddy bear. In this case, this treasure that cannot be slept without in the evening. These are three principles, I think, as we dig into this, that we need to recognize God is calling us to do as we seek his kingdom. We need to know what we're looking for. We need to know where we need to look for it, and we need to look and search together because we're not made to do this on our own. We're made to do this in community. We're made to do this together in unity and with confession and with sharing. And that's where I want to dig down into. The first thing is that Jesus is what we're looking for. And some of us get confused. I, there's days when I'm confused about that because what I think I'm looking for is happiness. What I think I'm looking for is a solution to my problem. What I think I'm looking for uh, is a word to give to somebody. But that's not the pearl of great value. The pearl of great value is him and him alone. It is the person of Jesus Christ. It is him from which all these things flow. And when I get off, when I don't know what I'm looking for, when I'm askew on that, when I think I'm looking for some emotion, I'm not finding him. I won't find his kingdom. Secondly, I need to know where to look. And this field that he found the treasure in, it's pretty simply the word of God. It's the gospel message. I need to know that I need to be in his word seeking and letting that word dwell in me richly because that's where I will find him. He has revealed himself through his word and his Holy Spirit works through his word. We need to be in the word. And thirdly, we need to do this together. We're on a journey right now. That's what this is about, is doing it together. There are times we need to be alone with the Lord. Most of our lives, we need to be sharing what he's doing and helping one another find the way. Helping one another find those things that we don't even know we're missing sometimes. Helping one another walk through the darkness. Because this is what he said in John 17. All I want is that you love one another and that you would be one. And how do we do that? We do that through openness, transparency, and a life that is shared. Now, I want to drill down briefly into a very specific area where I think we are seeking the Lord in our lives. And that's in our sexuality. Because we live in a sexualized culture uh, that is exploiting that, that is bombarding that, that is coming against that every single day. The kingdom that is in opposition to the kingdom of God is using this in ways he's never been able to before in a digital age and in a mobile age where in our pocket is the entire world, including all of its filth and all of its vileness. We need to seek Jesus sexually. Now, that sounds a little strange. 
seeking Jesus sexually. But Jesus said a lot of strange things. He said, you need to eat my flesh. You need to drink my blood. That's, that's crazy talk. What's that about? <laughs> so I feel good saying up here, we need to seek him sexually. And here's why. Because we are sexual beings. You see, sexuality doesn't start with having sex or sexual activity or doing something or thinking a thought. Sexuality begins with the fact that we're a living, breathing male or female human being who's made in his image. My sexuality right now, I can't escape. I'm a male. Drew is a male. You're females. This walks with us every single day, and it's in this context that we're seeking his kingdom. We are walking through the day with kingdom goggles. It is in this context that we're living out his purposes and his plans. That's what Romans 12 says. It says, hey, this is your spiritual act of worship, that you honor God with your bodies, that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is exactly what he wants for us. This is the area in which we can make the most profound impact by living in wholeness and holiness as a man or a woman, as a boy or a girl in this age where confusion reigns. This is what it's all about. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said, this is the very will of God, that you are sanctified. And Paul clarifies that in the next breath when he says that you abstain from sexual immorality because it destroys your intimacy, destroys yourself, destroys the image of God that you bear. That you bear. We need to be sanctified, and we need to seek him through that sanctification. This is for everyone at every stage. We'll talk today to youth. We'll talk about parents and helping our kids. But I know 8-year-olds, and I know 80-year-olds who have been addicted to porn. I know 8-year-olds, and I know 80-year-olds who have been locked in silence and shame because they were sexually abused when they were 5 years old. This is for all of us. This is for every single one of us who is breathing who is bearing right now the image of God uniquely in a way that only we can. G.K. Chesterton said, every man who knocks on a brothel door is seeking God, is in search of a savior. Every man, every woman who's going someplace, who's filling something up in their lives, a hole that's been created through sexual gratification, through thoughts or through deeds, is looking for God. We're looking and seeking for God, and sometimes we don't even know that. We need to know that we are looking for Jesus when we feel that emptiness, that the world wants to fill up with a momentary glance or gratification. We need to know that. And the only way we know that is in his word with one another, encouraging one another, bringing one another to this truth. This is so fundamental for the followers of Christ that we be made whole and holy in these bodies in relation and intimacy to the one who has said, I am a husband unto you. I am a husband unto you. And I've betrothed you to me. So how do we seek this? How does this play out practically? Well, we need to know as sexual beings that our search is not for sexual gratification ultimately. It's for intimacy with the one who created us. It is intimacy with Jesus. 1 John 3.3 says, All those who hope in him, in Jesus, purify themselves as he is pure. It is our hope in him that purifies us. It is his purity that we are after. It is that purity of motive, of intention, that wholeness that our heart really desires. We need to know that that is what we are seeking. That is what I'm after. Yeah, I have a body and I have urges and I have a physiology, but all that was created by him to point to one thing, to him and his steadfast love for us. Secondly, we need to know where we're seeking him and where we need to seek him is those fields of goodness in the word of God. Our role is to obey, is to seek out to know his word, especially in this world where everything's getting jacked up, everything's confused, you know? Nothing, up is down. 
Good is evil. Evil is good in this age in which we live. We need to know what his word says, and we need to live it out. We need to know that sexual activity is to be kept in a loving and faithful relationship between a husband and a wife. That's what it's for. We need to know that sexual sin wounds us, and we've all been wounded. And the only way through that is confession. 1 John 1, 9, James 5, confess your sins one to another. Break the power of the secrets in your lives. Open these things up so that you can be healed. That's what he wants for us. We need to guard our heart from emotional connections and temptations that bombard us, not just online, but with our coworkers or with our neighbors or those relationships that come into our lives. We need to guard our heart. We need to guard our eyes, Job 31.1, saying, I'm not going to look at that. I will guard and I will take my eyes away to preserve the innocence and holiness that Christ is putting into me every day. These are the things we need to do practically every single day in a crazy world that's bombarding us. And those of us who are called as followers of Jesus Christ, who are parents, we have the unbelievable ability to lead in our spheres of influence every single moment through walking that out. If we're parenting, that is our primary mission field. How am I modeling and equipping these young lives that are with me every single day, who are growing up and who naturally, their bodies are changing, they have urges, they're being bombarded with images. Am I a safe place for them to come and ask questions? Am I in a place of wholeness where I can guide them through some of the places I made mistakes? Am I able to, to lead and impart into them? My coworkers, do I join in the banter or do I lead with integrity? The jokes I laugh at, where my eyes go as coworkers walk by. These are little things every single day we can do. Hey, we don't do that in our home. Love to have your kids over, but we cut that out. Here's why. Just we think it honors the Lord and protects my heart. Bam, powerful. Little day-by-day things that we can do in our spheres of influence to change the game for somebody who's never thought about it. Most of us never think about it. And we have the opportunity to do this every single day. This, This is where we're at at Pure Hope. Every moment, every day, we have the opportunity to grow in sanctification, to allow the Lord in, to purify our hearts, and to let that flow out. 30 years ago, like I said earlier, we could legislate. We could go and say, we're going to get rid of pornography. Then the internet came. Can't do that anymore. Culture's changed. How do we shape culture? By day by day, moment by moment, decisions, everyday decisions that are creating a new culture, that are pushing back against the darkness. As Daniel said, we need to shine like stars in the heavens against the deepening dark in the black night sky. But how do we do that? Through a life of openness, sharing our secrets, breaking the power the evil one has over us so that we can walk with integrity. So, three questions for us that I think today we need to ask ourselves as we go out, as we think about seeking first the kingdom and seeking him who is that great treasure. What am I seeking? Am I truly seeking him? Or am I seeking something I think he can give me? Am I seeking the one comes to give us life, who is our life. Where am I seeking it? Where am I seeking it? Where is my mind? Where is my heart? Have I been in the word, or am I allowing the culture to pull me away? Am I into things that are decreasing my ability to focus and to be diligent and to get my nose down into what he has for me? And third, with whom am I seeking it? Do I have people around me who are open, who are safe, who are seeking the same thing with me? Or am I alone? Or is there a part of my heart that's alone because for five years or 50 years, I've never shared this. We need to do it together. As the prophet Amos said, seek the Lord and live. And that is the summons today for us. And I'm going to close with this scripture and then in prayer. But I could not resist bringing this word to us because it impacted me just last night as I was praying over this. Psalm 24, 3 through 6. 
Who shall ascend the hill of God? Who shall stand in the Lord's holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, does not swear deceitfully, he or she will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of their salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you have given us the opportunity to stand, to sit, to worship together in a place that is free. I read just yesterday how three generations of a North Korean family were killed because the Bible they'd been hiding for 50 years fell from the tree when a limb was cut down. Lord, we live in a free country, and yet so many of us are not free, and so many of the people that we interact with are not free. We are in bondage, bondage to sin, to secrets, to shame, sometimes shame that was thrust upon us by the sin of someone else. Lord, I pray that today we would understand that you're calling us to seek you, and nothing, nothing needs to be spared. Nothing needs to be held back from you. Help us to pour out our hearts before you, as the psalmist said. Help us to understand that we are seeking you. Help us understand where to seek you on a day-to-day basis and help us to do it together in unity. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.